0: Welcome back. This is Michael Goldsmith here with... Father Randall Kazel. Great to be here with you, Michael. Yes, it's great to be here. We're at beautiful St. Michael's Church in Pine Island, Minnesota. It's a beautiful little community. Uh, Father has a couple other communities, uh, Zombrota and... Goodhue and uh, Belchester
1: and Bell Creek Township and Bell
0: Creek Township so yeah. he's, he's a busy man thank God he has a, 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 an assistant a, a, assistant yeah, we, now he' sometimes he hasn't had in the past so it's been a, I'm sure a challenge for you so <laughs> yeah
1: many blessings though yeah. There are many great people yes. in our area uh, faithful Catholics yeah. and uh, love for our Lord Jesus and our blessed mother yeah. and our faith so it's in many ways it's a joy uh, but I love expending myself and doing my best to, to do so joyfully and generously yeah, you do a that's, great job. Yeah, that's the purpose of the priesthood. Yep, I remember a, a priest mentor of mine said one time, the purpose of the priesthood is to get as many souls to heaven as possible and keep as many out of hell as possible. Well, there you <laughs> go. And they may, might, some may, might be going to purgatory. Yeah, well, hope may, that, that,
0: that's a good thing in itself. There's just a little bit of a, a refinement there that we all go through. So <laughs> yes,
1: our choices are have an eternal quality. Yes, and, they do. Uh, today's saint, though, is uh, pretty uh, amazing in a way. I encourage you, if you're not aware of St. Anthony Mary Claret, uh, Archbishop, that you might learn a little bit about him. And I want to share a few words before we get into any questions of straight talk. But St. Anthony Mary Claret was born December 23rd, 1807 in silent spain he was the fifth child in his family uh his vocation to the priesthood was evident at an early age uh, although his family was very poor uh he was able to, his family was able to find a way that he could enter the seminary mm. and finally ordained to the priesthood june 13th 1835. Uh, he started out in ministry in a small parish uh but he eventually his desires uh, to serve Christ in a bigger way led him to be a missionary. Mm. And eventually he was ordained uh, to be the Archbishop of uh, Cuba. And then upon going to serve in Cuba uh, uh, as a missionary son of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, uh, he found the, the fullness of the spreading the gospel by sharing the gospel and seeking to reform the clerical life in Cuba, uh, but then he met with some very difficult opposition. Mm. Uh, he was persecuted and one time he was attacked by someone uh, wielding a knife, which left him severely scarred. And yet the heroism of his virtue, he forgave the one who attacked him uh, and asked or worked to have the man's sentence remitted, if at all possible. Uh, But he suffered terribly because uh, those uh, he was trying to help come closer to Jesus sought to discredit his name and render him inactive, unable to proclaim the gospel. Uh, But he had profound devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So those that opposed him and the preaching of the gospel did not succeed overall. Uh, But even though he was called back to uh, Europe eventually and succeeded by another archbishop, uh, they strove to continue to discredit him even when he went back to europe and wow. uh, had retired so it was a relentless uh, persecution that he faced very interesting uh, he did take part in the first vatican council uh, eventually he was allowed to uh, fully retire to what his heart m- most wanted the cistercian monastery in 1870 so a great saint yes. and turn to saint anthony mary claret i'll get back into him a little more you hopefully bet. before the show is finished I pray for
0: us Well, here we are. We are in straight talk. If you have your questions for Father, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, Father is uh, all ready and do his best to, you know, we don't have all the answers because we're still human, but we'll do our best to, to answer your questions as best we can or point you in the right direction. That's yes, right.
1: We can refer you to our Lord. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And he we is. do
0: have a broad base with the Catechism and stuff. So, uh, Father, I'm looking forward to having these questions come in. You can also do that on Facebook if you'd like to. Uh, just give a shout out on the on the social media. Um, if you're driving, I know that's kind of hard to to get your question in. So maybe you want to pull over and give us a call at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. So we're waiting for your questions to come in. Uh, We'll get back to the saint. We do have a caller on the line here, Father. So uh, we have uh, Michelle from Ely. on. And Are you there, Michelle?
2: I'm here. Yes, I am. Great.
0: Hello. Yes, what's your question this morning?
2: Yes, this is kind of piggybacking off a question from yesterday's show.
0: Um,
2: okay. Just a quick background. Um, my husband and I struggled with infertility. We had a child after seven years. That's so just gift of God. And then after that, we struggled some more. So we went to Pope Paul Sixth Institute, and thanks be to God, they helped us, and we have two more children now.
0: Oh, Praise um, God.
2: Yeah, it's been great. Yes. So my question is, my third child, our third child now is um, going to be two, so we're starting to think, do we expand the family more, or what, what is God asking of us? My question is, if we don't go with, the more medical treatment, because usually I require shots and um, other things with that. If we don't do that, are we still open to life?
1: Yeah, it's a very good question, Michelle, and praise God you're open to life, that you seek to have more children. And uh, the, the, the long and short of the answer really is that if, if you choose to uh, not seek uh, the medical treatment, are you still open to life? The answer is yes, you would still be open to life. Your intention is to have more children. And, mm-hmm. and theoretically, could our Lord still bless you with a child, even if he, you're not seeking shots? Well, sure, all things are possible with God. Uh, we have accounts regularly of, of uh, conceptions of children uh, against great odds and full carrying of to term of of babies uh, through prayer and the intercession of saints at various times i 'm aware of some even in my own life as a priest uh, fourteen years or so i 've seen and heard or been a part of those situations so uh, y- yes it, it, the, the key is is on your own heart your intention uh, would you welcome a child if God blessed you with one and what I hear you saying is yes, you would, and yes. but you you and your desire prayerfully with your husband you've realized that for various reasons and you're uh, marital experience, you need to seek additional assistance, and thus the the Paul the Sixth Institute in Omaha, correct? Uh, right. They they do some magnificent work there, helping Absolutely. couples with infertility. So, uh, I, I I would encourage you to uh, continue to take that question to our Lord in prayer. I think He will inspire you as He has in the past, or He will give you peace uh, to have okay. rest with you and your husband and your family, uh, to know that that you have fulfilled uh, to the best of your knowledge and relationship with Him what He's asking of you. But uh, I give praise to God that you're you're open. And, and you desire yeah. to love our Lord as generously as possible. I think that's the key, the intention of your heart. You want what God wants, and that is the beginning of having what God wants actually happening. Right. So uh, what, what God wants won't happen if the soul is not open. But if it is open and it seeks, well, what God wants will, will happen. So yes. don't be afraid.
2: Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Thank Michelle, you. Michelle, yeah,
0: thanks yeah. for witnessing by by following the the, the precepts of the church and, and going through... Uh, What's down there in, in Omaha with uh, the politics? It's a, it's a great witness. Also, that there are ways that you can stay in line with the Catholic Church, and and still have this openness for uh, seeking children. So that's great. Uh, what a great wit- witness! Thank you, Michelle.
2: Thank you. Thank you for your help today. Appreciate it.
0: Yep. God You're bless welcome. you. Thanks. You well, too. If you want to be like Michelle, you can give us a call at 877 That was a great question, and we look forward to other ones coming in. Uh, we need you to call in at that phone number so that Father can uh, get your question here, or otherwise you can go on Facebook and give us a shout-out there on the social media. So either way, again, if you don't want to be on the phone, that's great. You can just let, let our assistant know, and they can uh, get the question to us. So you don't have to be on the radio if you feel uncomfortable doing that some people do so I understand that eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two yep and we're gonna have another question here shortly but let's do you have anything to to add real quick, Father?
1: Well, I, I would, the one thing I would add is that infertility among couples is a, a, a serious cross and it's one that we do not often talk about in the life of the church. Mm-hmm. And We have many faithful people. I've met many couples, uh, beautiful couples who deeply long for a, a child or a few children or if they've had a child to give uh, that son or daughter another sibling mm-hmm. with, with whom they can grow up and share family life together. And it, it is a real suffering. I, I encourage couples uh, who experience infertility to to seek our Lord's will and to follow his providential plan and he will give them to know uh, various steps that they could take and to try yeah. and and uh, it, basically it's one day at a time. But also I want to say that that suffering, that, that desire is so good, that is a good desire to want to uh, have new life in the family, that's the uh, one of the goods of marriage, Absolutely. to welcome life. And so that desire, when it's not fulfilled, it leaves that deep heartache mm-hmm. about meaning and purpose and one must seek to have that be filled uh, in friendship with our Lord and really in the cross. It's a particular form of crucifixion uh, that can happen in married life and to be yeah. faithful to our Lord and faithful to each other and, and pray for the fruitfulness yeah. of, the, of that desire to have children to be manifested in some way uh, for the fulfillment or a de- at least a deeper fulfillment in the midst of that experience. So yeah. I just want to encourage couples uh, that our Lord loves you, our Lord wills to bless you and to seek that in, on the path that He leads you in the faith yeah. and in the church and in your married life
0: because it like you said that it, it is a hard thing for couples to go through and sometimes they get you know trying to stay true to the uh, catholic uh you know teaching but you know, there's so that desire, and then they get some wrong information or whatever, you know, and they go for these other things that really aren't in line with the church. So there are answers out there for you know to keep yourself in line with the church and be open yeah. to children and to have you, you know, to have that help. So, very
1: good, very good point, on uh, Michael to bring up because many of the methods that infertility, uh, the secular infertility uh, companies will offer are not licit and they actually lead to an unhappiness mm-hmm. uh, and ought not to be done. Uh, they're they're uh, contrary to the moral law. So right. very good to bring that up
0: yeah because i mean it's it's uh, seriously you don't think about it but you are you are casting life uh not quite like abortion but it's there right i mean you're you're killing to get one child there's typically ways that that happen that you know so that's just a hard thing to go through so
1: yeah and you're referring to secular or uh, address fertility of how um, there's uh, 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 multiple eggs produced and and fertilization of the eggs and therefore there's embryos real-life children perhaps they're frozen uh, perhaps they're uh, allowed to pass away in the uh, petri dish however it it may work that way yeah those things are illicit and not to be done
0: so well thanks for all that father i appreciate we got a call or we got a question from a listener. They're not on uh, on the phone with us, but we'll, here we go. It's, I have heard that there is a church or a museum in Rome that highlights the souls in purgatory and has some real evidence of them. Is this true? And if so, why do we not hear much about that? And that is that is real proof that there is a purgatory and souls are there.
1: Yes, you know, I've heard of this museum as well. Uh, unfortunately, I've been in Rome a, a number of times that I've not actually visited that museum, but the next time I go, I want to go there. But I, I <laughs> There's have, so much to do actually, there when you go. <laughs> I recently did uh, uh, hear about that and see about that in more detail. And yes, there is evidence. I have read a book about evidence of souls in purgatory uh, that our Lord, uh, and indeed many of the saints experienced uh, uh. souls uh, who came to them and asked for their prayers, including a little pamphlet here on Pope Leo the
0: 13th with the St. Michael prayer Yeah, go ahead, Father. I'm sorry I I interrupted you.
1: I I have a pamphlet here of St. Veronica Giuliani, a one who had souls come to her, uh, also St. Padre Pio. And more recently, I've read a book by Maria Sima, and she Mm. had souls that would come to her. She was in Austria and is deceased now, but she wrote Mm. a marvelous book on uh, souls in purgatory, how we can help them. Mm -hmm. And so it's having devotion to the souls in purgatory. Yes, there is evidence, and uh, I encourage people, and I'm going to go too the next time I'm in Rome, to go see this museum, because... One of the things that is important, why does our Lord allow this to happen, that souls could manifest in this way? Well, it's a way for us to exercise charity and glorify God. But it's also a way to bring a deeper communion, the communion of saints. And we are praying for those who are suffering. And the importance of this, that we need to empathize with the suffering of others, including our brothers and sisters in purgatory, because it it helps us to be more human in our experience in this world, uh, that we empathize with suffering and that we can carry or help relieve the burden and it's one of the purposes of our Lord permitting yeah. this
0: yeah right and that's uh, I, I think we need more evidence of that I think it's there I think again t- toting back to what we were talking earlier with Rob and Susan we need to draw ourselves more into deeper prayer which you you touched on Father is that that's the way we connect with what the will of God is. So those things are evident to us, and they're all out there, but we have to, we have to open ourselves to that. Mm-hmm. you know. So we have a couple other questions coming in here, Father. Uh, can you address the propriety and or permissibility of a faithful Catholic to attend a Masonic funeral service? It is being held in a Masonic temple with no clergy of any kind present. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a good question. The propriety of doing that, I, I don't see any. Any much redeeming value in doing that, that? Clearly, the the at the heart of the Masonic level, they're they're contrary to the Catholic faith. Absolutely. And so it it very well could pro- give rise to scandal for others who are aware of this. Uh, there perhaps may be a better way to recognize the um, the fallen person. I the first thing that comes to mind for me is to have a mass offered for them. Yeah. Uh, that that you pray for the salvation of the soul, but uh, at its heart, the, the Fre- Freemasonry rejects the the resurrection of of the body mm-hmm. and fundamentally rejects the uh, our Lord as the Redeemer of the human family. Yeah. So to attend a the funeral there, of course, the 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 organization of uh, Freemasonry that that being its uh, one of its main tenets, although perhaps many don't realize that, uh, nonetheless, it is and what it stands for is contrary to the life of Jesus Christ that He shares with us in salvation uh, and also the very life and heart of the Church. Mm-hmm. So uh, it would not be appropriate. Uh, so. Uh, Um, but to offer a mass for that person uh, could be very good.
0: Now, um. could you, I mean, so this person, if they have a wake, maybe at a funeral, funeral home or homes or before this yeah, happens i think you know but you know you know this is tied to it i think that would be okay to say your last respects there but then go and do the mass like you were yeah, saying Father. because
1: because perhaps there is extenuating circumstances we don't know all the details right. of this particular yep. question or life life circumstances like one could imagine like maybe the deceased uh is maybe a parent of a uh, and of a good friend and mm-hmm. you have a friend you want to go and honor uh, your Very friend right. and be present to express that but the, the way for example is at a funeral home or maybe a neutral environment right. uh, to do that uh, other ways to do that if, that, if that's not the c- circumstances one could also make a visit to the home or do other ways that are personal right uh, Af- th-
0: after the fact or yeah, before or even, even. Or even yep. before yeah mm-hmm. so
1: it's many times it's about wanting to show charity in the midst of a relationship Absolutely. of a living person mm-hmm. uh, where that you might wonder should I go to this it's at the uh Masonic lodge or whatever it might be right. so
0: and and then to be open if that if the question comes up i mean that is part of being evangelizing and and witnessing to the catholic faith of you know if that comes up between that conversation to to point that out that this is not part of what the church teaches, you know, so there's an opportunity for growth in that too. I mean, that might be, you know, situational, but, you know, always be open to that if it comes up, and and be a witness for Christ.
1: Yeah, and perhaps many of our listeners, they may be wondering, well, I didn't know some of these things. Well, I encourage you to find resources to learn about the history of these things uh, regarding Freemasonry, uh, to become knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. uh, and then to have the principle of of expressing with charity uh, what these matters are, and with our Lord to be willing to give witness, right? Uh, with always, always
0: with charity. Yeah. Absolutely, yep. You got to be that. That's where I mean, you got to be open to that and holy the Holy Spirit, you know, to be in charity with that. So that's a good point, Father. Thank you. So we have another question from White Owl, South Dakota. Luke twenty-two thirty-six. Jesus says, "If you don't have a sword, sell your coat and purchase one." What does this mean?
1: Well, let me see Luke 22:36. Jesus says, "If you don't have a sword, sell your coat and purchase one." What does this mean? Hey, that's a great question. <laughs> and it's not, the answer to that is not quite obvious. And but as I look at this, see the, the there's different senses when we read scripture. Uh one of these aspects is regarding the spiritual life. And actually today's gospel is one that I would point to that as well where our Lord said in the the gospel of Luke chapter 12, 49 through 53, uh he said uh, um do you think I've come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father. A mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother, and, and so on. Uh, what our Lord makes clear is that there will be, there will be division uh, at times between those who choose to make th- th- believe in, in our Lord and express faith in Him, and then also choose uh, for those who choose not to believe in Jesus. There, will, because the the inner dynamic of one who chooses to believe and expresses faith uh, will lead to a surrender to the action of the will of Almighty God. Uh, versus one, a soul that does not choose to believe, uh, where does the impetus or the the moving power for the will, where does that come from? Uh, well, when one believes in God, one will orient one's life based on the principles of the mind and heart heart of Jesus and that will lead to actions that's contrary to the general spirit of the world it will lead to resisting the inspirations and temptations of the devil uh, and it will lead the soul to practice christian charity and many times that that leaves one in opposition uh, uh with souls who perhaps have an inordinate self-love uh or whose personal principles are based on in some way or another selfishness and so one when one reflects on this you can find that there would be division so in this to to, to sell every Thing, to sell one's coat uh, and to have a sword, uh, this, in a spiritual sense, then, is to give everything uh, for the life of Christ, to be more concerned about eternity and heaven, and to un- come to understand that the first principle of life is to want to glorify God and to, and to receive the grace of salvation, to strive for that. Everything else is secondary uh, regarding all these various things, uh, that one lives for the grace of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes.
0: And so I was just looking that up, Father, and it's it, it's part of what Jesus is talking about fulfillment uh, of one of, of the things that he needed to fulfill before he went into his crucifixion you know yeah, because our,
1: our lord is the primary example of giving his whole body for the sake of our salvation giving right. all of himself even being stripped uh of his cloak right. before he was crucified and it and talks so, about
0: to be reckoned with the, his transgressors so you know that's a part of the prophecy right uh, of what jesus had to fulfill those before i mean there's many of those scripture connotations they sound a little but he has to go back and fulfill the law right so yeah,
1: he he is the fulfillment of all that is to happen uh, regarding the Old Testament leading into the New Testament covenant so yeah very good question
0: awesome I think that's a, a, a great question and I know there's a lot of scriptures that and I think that's a great place that if you have those you know to go and talk to your priest about those you know to bring those things up and have clarification on those uh, and this is a great forum too so a follow-up on the Purgatory Museum in Rome you uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, so he's, he's saying what the museum is, Museo del Purgatorio, uh, so it's a museum in Purgatory in Rome. The listener also rec- recommends this book, Hungry Souls, Supernatural Visits, Messages, and Warnings from Purgatory by Gerald Van Deen Ardweg. So yeah,
1: could, that's the book that I that I have. I didn't have it here in front of me. So yep, thanks to the yeah. listener for pointing that out. Uh, <laughs> Hungry Souls: Supernatural Visits, Messages, and Warnings from Purgatory. Yeah, that's a good book. Very good.
0: Yeah, I was wondering. I was going to ask you, but I didn't know you, you sound like you were going to say it. So I didn't think you had it in your head. So I'm glad that they brought that up because I want to read that book. So. Thank you for that, listeners. So if you have any other questions for Father, give us a call, 877 or shout out on Facebook. I am Michael D- Goldsmith, and we're here with Father Randall Kazel, and we're in straight talk, so if you have a question for him, we're, we're waiting for your question to come in. Did you have anything else with your saint, Father? Or,
1: uh, sure. Uh, The uh, St. Anthony Mary Claret, he's a great saint. He had some inspiring writings. For those uh, who read the Office of the Readings, uh, he talks about in today's reading, that is St. Anthony Mary Claret. Mm -hmm. He uh, had written a a letter uh, talking about the, the fire of the Holy Spirit. And he wrote that the holy apostles traveled throughout the earth driven by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Inflamed with the same fire, apostolic missionaries have reached and are now reaching and will continue to reach the ends of the earth from one pole to the other in order to proclaim the word of God. They are deservedly able to apply to themselves these words of the Apostle Paul, the love of Christ drives us on." Now, as I reflected upon that as like, well, how does the love of Christ drive me on? Mm -hmm. How does the love of Christ drive you on? And I think it's a good question regarding our listeners. Where is the love of Christ moving you? And if you might wonder, well, I'm not sure, well, that's that's a good point to go back to prayer and Mm -hmm. ask the Holy Spirit, ask our Blessed Mother for that share of the Holy Spirit that you may be inspired with that love. And the, the the fruitfulness of it, you'll see that it will lead to concrete actions of wanting to talk about Jesus and wanting some way to share Jesus with others through good works mm. and wanting others to come to know the love of Christ, which compels us to do the good, to avoid the evil and to engage in the, the spiritual battle within oneself and to be willing to face potential conflict with love, with patience, a willingness to suffer externally uh, among those whom we uh, live and, and experience in this life in the mm-hmm. different ways but but the love of Christ will compel us uh, to do this and sometimes even in my own life I know as even uh, it overcomes one's own natural sentiments you think well what will someone say what will someone think oh they may not like me if I talk about Jesus and uh, if you know we want to pray for the grace of the Holy Spirit to not think in those terms so much uh, but be willing rather to think in terms of of eternity, uh, what is more pleasing to Jesus, and and what is most loving? So we we want to share Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and life, but with love, mm-hmm. uh, with generosity. Sometimes very gently. Other times we we need to be fairly straightforward and say, no, our this is what our Lord teaches. This is what our Lord wants, right. or this is what our Lord uh, certainly prefers. Uh, so, but it is the love of Christ that is the mover. Uh, He reaches to us and wants our hearts and minds to surrender and to follow him.
0: Always in charity as you said before. Mm -hmm. You know, always have that uh, before you and if you're not sure, I mean, pray about it before you 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 get yourself into that context. So,
1: Yeah, St. Anthony Mary Claret uses the word to be zealous. Uh, He writes that the truly zealous man is also one who loves, but he stands on a higher plane of love, so the more he is inflamed by love, the more urgently zeal drives him on. Mm. But if anyone lacks this zeal, then it is evident that love and charity have been extinguished in his heart. The zealous man desires and achieves all great things, and he labors strenuously so that God may always be better known, loved, and served in this world. And in the life to come. For this holy love is without end." Now, those are beautiful words. Uh, we know that this came, as far as St. Anthony Mary Claret, from his devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary mm. and the, the flame of love. Uh, he went on to write, "...the man who burns with the fire of divine love is a son of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and wherever he goes, he enkindles that flame. He desires and works with all his strength to inflame all men with the fire of God's love." Nothing deters him. He rejoices in poverty, labors strenuously, welcomes hardships, laughs off false accusations, rejoices in anguish. Now, all those things without the fire of love of God uh, would probably become at some point unbearable. Mm. And certainly, you read the life of St. Anthony Mary Claret, he experienced some very difficult things, very difficult, including at least one physical attack Mm -hmm. that left him scarred. Uh, But we can see how our Blessed Mother shared her own heart with his heart and he found the meaning of those experiences in relationship with others, both good as well as hateful, Mm -hmm. uh, to be encapsulated and raptured in the very heart of Jesus and that Mary led him to the heart of Jesus to find that interior strength to surrender and to even joyfully go through the sufferings that he had in his service in yeah. union with Jesus and the heart of Mary. It's really beautiful. He had quite an interior life, uh, but also even remarkably how that became manifested uh, in a way and a fruitfulness. Um, one might say even looking at his life, perhaps he even failed in some things. Uh, heaven doesn't always look at that as failure. I suppose the, the only failure from heaven's view if someone fails to, to love, fails to have love for God and love for a neighbor mm-hmm. is, is the only Final failure uh, that would be considered in the spiritual life.
0: Yep. Well, we still have a few minutes left in our straight wa- straight talk segment here. So, if you want to give us a call, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or give us a shout out on on Facebook. So, uh, um, I was just thinking about you know, lots of times I don't uh, let myself suffer. You know what I mean? Uh, that's something that really is uh, kind of foreign to us. I think a lot of people we don't want to suffer, right? Yeah. I mean, so that that's kind of the the tag between what we're here and created life versus what, what we want to obtain in spiritual life. And in between that is, is the suffering, right? And yeah, right.
1: Yeah, since <laughs> yeah. one of the things that marks a Christian is the fact that Jesus, for all of the members of the human family, has changed the meaning of suffering. Mm-hmm. When we The closer we get to Jesus, the more he desires us to have a different understanding rather than, say, the worldly understanding of suffering. The worldly understanding is that we want to avoid suffering or be free of suffering in, in all of its manifestations. But our Lord wills us to bring our suffering to be united with him on the cross, to be one with him and to be offered uh, uh, as a, a kind of expiation for our sins and including the sins of others. So suffering has redemptive value. It has great power. Now, I want to make a clear distinction here that uh, depending on you know, the, the various kinds of sufferings, we certainly can strive as Christians, as Catholics to seek remedies for the mm-hmm. suffering uh, and and to find relief in a sense. We That's legitimate and okay. But there is always suffering Every day, that there is really no relief. You know, we might wake up in the morning, say, I have to go to work, but one is tired. It's like, well, I got to go to work. Uh, Or we have, maybe we did something lifting the day before, and the next morning, wake up, oh, I have a backache. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, some, you know, like the other day, I was doing something, and all of a sudden my knee was hurting. It's like, (laughs) what did I do? I "I couldn't find immediate relief. Aspirin isn't always the answer. Yeah, that's
0: what we want, right? Immediate relief, but that doesn't (laughs) always come, right? We do. But but living,
1: living our day takes on these little or even bigger details of our life, and we we find, that's one of the inspirations regarding the saints, we find inspiration to have understanding of the meaning of experiences, yes. So many of them, that that
0: we can go back and draw off of. Well, we have Bill from Duluth on the phone here, and he wants to comment about uh, something from what you were talking about with Luke 22. Go ahead, Bill, are you there?
2: I am here, yeah. I just wanted to say that when Jesus does say that, he says it's a fulfilled prophecy that he's going to be numbered among transgressors, so I think it's only for that reason, in the literal sense, that he does, because there's a prophecy in Isaiah about he's going to be counted among transgressors, and he's saying, I want you to have a couple of swords so that that prophecy can be fulfilled.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And certainly, our Lord... Our Lord wills to have that sense of... A, a sword has a sense of judgment. So the, the sense that our Lord... Uh, and one, one has this spiritual sword. There, there is a partaking of judgment. Because our, our Lord... Our Lord demands of us that we make judgments. Uh, in fact, m- much in society is established to establish or to understand a judgment regarding uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. But we know what our Lord tells us, you know, it's wrong to murder, wrong to steal, wrong to lie, and one can go on and all the various moral actions that are wrong. Well, when someone says this is wrong, well, that's a judgment mm-hmm. uh, regarding behavior and a decision. Uh, Where we don't judge is regarding the outcome of the soul. Right. Our Lord reserves to himself strictly uh, the, the, the question of one's salvation. Because the possibility of salvation for a soul that is not a friend of his at one point uh, could become assured through repentance, conversion, a rejection of, of love for sin and a mm-hmm. choice to love Jesus and believe in his divine power. So the, the spiritual sense of the sword uh, fulfills the prophecy of our Lord making judgment. Mm-hmm. And then our taking up a sword is a participation in, his, in the judgment of his own mind and will yeah. uh, that he has shared with us in, his, uh, in, in Revelation.
0: Right. Well, thanks for bringing that up, Bill. We appreciate that comment and uh, we're getting close to the end here. Uh, Any final thoughts on some of these questions, Father?
1: Well, these are great questions. And we're, we're quite blessed today regarding St. Anthony Mary Claret and the, the nature of the questions and I want to encourage our faithful uh, who are listening and perhaps even some who are not Catholic uh, for listening in and inspired by our Lord to consider being close to Jesus in the Eucharist, consider continue to grow in the interior surrender to the action of his grace. Uh, I always recommend go to confession. <laughs> uh, confession is the where the heart and mind mm-hmm. is converted to the love of Jesus Christ and it's quite humbling and someone might say, well Father, what about you? Well, yes, I go to confession often. I, I, uh, I uh, humbly will say, I like the sacrament, but I'm never always real comfortable with it yeah. uh, because it, we, it's a, there's a part of our fallen nature that tends to uh, resist that open, uh, serious, uh, forthright uh, self-accusation. Yeah. Uh, but we always have an accuser yeah. and uh, the devil is more than happy to accuse us of being a sinner. But if we become our own accuser, the beauty of that is is our Lord then gives us his mercy. Hmm. Then he places the label of being a beloved son or beloved daughter upon right. us and that's the label that we want. And if we become our own accuser, how much more then do we merit the grace of being accused of being his son or daughter, which yeah. is what we really want, uh, and where we have our peace in Jesus?
0: Yeah. Well, this was a great segment, Father. I think some good questions on there. I thank for all of you that rolled in or, or said your comments. A reminder that this segment comes on every every time we have a priest, so nine thirty central, uh, and we will love to uh, get you on the air or get your question answered. So, Ed Koneska. And on two special upcoming events at University of Mary, we're going to talk to him next. So I am Michael Goldsmith with Father Kazel. All right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening.